This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 752, Flashback, Marvel Omnibuses. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 752. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This was originally going to be a spotlight episode on the Song of the Hedgehog movie, um, but I uh, didn't really have a chance to record one about it, so if it does end up happening, it'll be a, about a week after release, which is not my usual preference, but it's just say la vie. Um, I did want to talk in this episode just kind of some random thoughts that I had um, about something in particular. Um, so I, I know that there's a lot of people who really love Marvel omnibuses, so I thought I'd th- talk about... Uh, kind of a flashback style episode of kind of talking about my first interactions with omnibuses, which I may or may not have talked about on the show before. After 752 episodes, it's easy to forget when I've talked about a topic, so I apologize in advance if this is uh, repeating stuff that I have talked about before. Uh, but I was just kind of curious about it. I was looking at my shelf, and a lot of people have a lot of omnibuses, and I'm really impressed by some of them. But it made me kind of think about, well, well how did my uh, interactions with omnibuses kind of start, and how did they change over time? Um, so, I mean, the, the first Marvel Omnibus was published in 2005. It was Fantastic Four Volume 1, collecting the first 30 issues of Fantastic Four. And I know I didn't pick it up. Um, actually, in fact, I, I've never bought that book. Um, and then they started coming out pretty... Uh, I mean, 2005, you just had the one release. 2006, you had four. You had Alias, Uncanny X-Men, uh, The Eternals, and New X-Men. So an interesting smorgasbord, if you could go back to those original releases, is that you have New X-Men by Grant Morrison. So this would have been about four or five years after his run even started. Uh, so very new. Like, looking back, it didn't feel like that. But I think now, like, it, it's kind of crazy that they decided so quickly to have a modern quote-unquote classic put into an omnibus or this giant collected format, which, again, was a new format at the time. Eternals is the one that really jumps out as surprising to me. Um, Because that one, first of all, they hadn't figured out what page counts were going to be yet, which is really obvious at the beginning. Like, you had the first volume of Fantastic Four was 848 pages. It's not a very long omnibus, especially with where books would eventually go down the line. But at the beginning, that was still pretty big. But then you had Alias, again, a modern classic, something that had only been published a few years before it was published. Um, and that was 592 pages, so relatively short. You had Uncanny X-Men, which had you know issues Uncanny X-Men 94 to 131. I always was curious about why that was where they decided to cut it off, but 848 pages. Same as Fantastic Four. And then you went on to Eternals, 392, really short, really small. Then you had New X-Men, which was, at the time, a back-busting 1120. Uh, this is also back when they had you know thicker paper than they do now. Um, they had a, a kind of nicer design to the covers, where in terms of the way it felt, like you didn't have an image on it. Um, you had, I, I want to say, like kind of a faux kind of leather, kind of you know nicer book stock. Um, and then you had Daredevil by Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen. I'm surprised that wasn't earlier, because that's you know a pretty big one, which eventually I did buy that. Uh, but not the original kind of printing that came out in 2007. So I was because I was trying to think like, what was the first omnibus I actually bought? And so I'm pretty sure the answer for me, looking through all the books that were coming out uh, in those first kind of formative years, um, was was actually a very weird one and a strange one. And I think the the best way to understand what my thinking was at the time, considering all the omnibuses that had already come out, is 
is that I had not moved into a collected format in my mind. Um, up until this point, into let's say 2009, uh, most of my collected editions happened to be DC because those weren't the ones I was buying the regular ongoings for. If I was buying a regular ongoing, I was, I was like, well, I have the single. I don't need to have it again, which is, sounds crazy to say it now because now so many of us have multiple formats for many different books. But at the time, it was just like it was like this insanity. Like, why would I do that? I already have all these singles. I'm not going to do that. There was a few times where I would end up getting trades and then buying the regular book because I hadn't bought it initially. Like, I know for me, initially that happened with Fantastic Four by Mark Wade and uh, Mike Ringo. I think I bought the first issue because it was the nine cent issue. I bought like 50 copies, something stupid. I was like, I'm going to give these out at university. Never happened. No one wants those. Uh, they're awesome issue though but i was also too shy to actually do that and uh that was just a great idea horrible execution on my on my part excellent comic um so, so you know i was buying I, I bought that first issue and then i think i may have bought a couple issues but I wasn't really sold on it initially which is crazy and then you had the unthinkable storyline happen and i heard a lot about it so i read it and then i was like well i'm gonna buy these in trades and i got up to i think hereafter and i think that's about where i started buying singles and the same thing happened with captain america i did not initially buy, start buying the singles when uh, winter soldier happened i didn't start buying singles till much later i want to say to like I don't know, issue 26 or maybe a little bit earlier than that, maybe around Red, Red Menace maybe, um, but I bought the trade first and that was kind of my foray. Uh, same, Technically, the same thing happened with my uh, Daredevil by, by Michael Bendis. I missed the first storyline out um, of their regular run, uh, Bendis and Malev, but then I bought all the singles after that. So up until this point, I didn't really have Marvel collections on my shelf. I had mostly DC or like other publishers, mainly DC. Um, so then you have these omnibuses coming out, and I was like, well, they're, they're all so big. And a lot of these, you know, Fantastic Four is a great example. It's like the first 30 issues. I'm like, yeah, but what about past that? Which is so stupid. <laughs> Such a dumb mentality. It's like, well, I don't know if I want to buy this because what about what comes later? Now, Alias is one where at least it was, you know, a complete uh, story, a complete run. Uh, Eternals kind of had that same idea. Uh, Uncanny X-Men was the beginning of something else, but it was like, well, it doesn't have the entirety of the rest. Like, how are you going to buy it later? Are you ever going to be able to have that? Which was kind of a weird, again, thinking of myself to have at the time. New X-Men, I mostly bought in singles. Didn't really love it at the time. Still don't love it. Um, and I was like, well, I don't need to have this in this big format. I had the Daredevil by Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen Visionary Collections, so I really had no need for that. I remember Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1. I'm like, that's cool. But again, like, what about having the rest of the book? And Which is such a weird, again, thing to fixate on is the reason to not do something. Um, talking about short omnibuses, uh, I do. I eventually was gifted Devil Dinosaur Omnibus, which is the shortest omnibus, I believe, uh, at 184 pages. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a shorter one. I think the second shortest, according to Wikipedia, is The Young Avengers by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Um, but, and that still was double the length of the shortest one, which was Devil Dinosaur, which was actually, again, very early on uh, in its publication history uh, in terms of doing omnibuses. So, it's, again, it was still in 2007. So you have the first one to come out in 2005. Six and seven are the two first full years of having a lot of publications uh, being published, and then they have Devil Dinosaur kind of sneaking in. You have The Daredevil by Frank Miller Companion, which at the time, again, I had Born Again in softcover. I've since upgraded to having it both in the Artist Edition and the Marvel Premiere Classics hardcovers. Uh, you had Captain America by Ed Brubaker, but again, I think I had already picked up this, the trade, so I was like, well, I'm not going to buy this. And again, it's an ongoing book. I was really concerned about having an ongoing book in an omnibus format. I don't know why that bugged me. Uh, I think one of the time I did think about was Howard the Duck, but that never materialized. Um, so what was the one that first kind of made me take the jump? Um, you know, it part, partially it was price point, but partially it was also the fact that uh, you got a, a, an event all in one collection. And that was Secret Wars Volume 2. 
Um, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the first one because I was thinking about it. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure. Like I had this before I moved in with my wife. Before, like when we were first dating, I remember having it. I think I actually trucked it over to her house once, which is crazy when you think about how heavy the damn thing was. Um, and again, it's such a weird one to kind of have be the first one that someone would purchase. Um, but it was. <laughs> that was the, that was the first one I decided to have. I'm trying to remember like what like if I bought it right when it came out or not. Um, but yeah, like I bought the Secret Wars 2 Omnibus. That was the first one. And for a while, the Omnibuses I would buy were one, you know, extremely long. So I liked getting a lot of value because they were all generally not that far different in price. So I wanted really good value and I wanted to get something about having the complete event. So even though it was had single issues all up all the wazoo of all the different Secret Wars 2 tie-ins, it brought together this massive event in one big spot and that really intrigued me. And so that was kind of the, the impetus for me jumping on board and saying, I'm going to buy an omnibus. I remember reading that first omnibus and again, remembering that I had seen other omnibuses in the years earlier um, at like comic book shows and stuff and seeing these giant tomes and being like, well, that's dumb. I'm not going to have one of those. And then at the time, I think Secret Wars might have been, Secret Wars 2, I should say, was the longest, I'm trying to, looking at the uh, the page counts, it was the longest uh, one that had been published up until that point. So if I had ever scoffed at not buying a gigantic book with way too many issues and not you know being able to comfortably read it on one's lap, um, then I really you know bought the, the wrong choice um, in terms of buying this you know gigantic omnibus. Um, and you know, and again, this would be my my pattern for the first little while in terms of the omnibuses I would purchase is that I would I like the idea of bringing together this massive event and also that it gave me a nice little snapshot of a very specific period of Marvel history. Um, so even though Secret Wars two isn't necessarily well, it isn't a very good event, um, and there's and there's so much going on, and there's so many different tie-ins that both matter a little and matter not at all. Um, and again, it varies wildly in terms of the amount of like how how enjoyable it is, and a lot of it is a mess. Um, I very much enjoy having it on my shelf, and for years I and I still don't own Secret Wars one in omnibus format because I remember being so like again interested in the things you decide to focus on, but at the time the price was about the same. But it was 500 pages versus 1184. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't need this. I don't need something that's, you know, such a such a skinny omnibus. That's so silly. Um, even though 500 pages is still, you know, a healthy amount, especially if you're looking at like epic collections, etc. But something about an omnibus, it just felt weird to have that. I'm trying to remember what the second one was was that I bought because there was a bunch kind of released not that long after that that definitely made me think about jumping in on the omnibus train. And I'm trying to remember because again. You gotta remember, I was buying a lot of singles, and I didn't want to have duplications. So, like, I had the Daredevil Bay Brewbaker, so I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed the Omnibus. Now, I did eventually buy that Omnibus, and that has always been a sore spot for me. And I have talked about this previously: is that I bought Daredevil Bay Brewbaker one and two um, only because. I was able to place an order for uh, the Bendis Volume 1 and 2. And then I got the the other, you know, I got the Bendis 2 and the Brubaker 1 and 2. And I was still waiting for uh, Amazon to fulfill my order for Volume 1 of uh, Bendis. And then they said it's out of stock. We may, may, may be getting it. And then, you know, months went by and it was just like, then they just unilaterally canceled my order. So for a long time, it just bugged me that I had this missing spot, which if I had just waited like eight years or eight or nine years, eventually that was that, uh, you know, spot would have been filled because it's been reprinted or it's about to be. I can't remember if it has already. Um, but it just bugged me for so long and that I eventually sold them and just bought the Ultimate Collections because I'm like, well, forget it. I don't need Omnibuses anyway. Um, 
<laughs> Maybe that's when I turned my back on Omnibuses somewhat. I mean, but there's just something about the nice bit. When they started doing more and more complete collections and, uh, and epic collections, like having the Omnibuses, uh, it became very clear that that wasn't going to be the only method in order to kind of collect these big swaths of material. But again, up until a certain point, the, that that was kind of the only game in town. You weren't getting these big. You were getting the Marvel Premier Classic hardcovers, which were great. But again, they weren't large. You didn't get a lot of issues. So if you wanted a lot of content for a relatively good price, all things considered, you were looking at omnibuses. Um, and if you wanted a good workout at the same time, you also had omnibuses. <laughs> um, and I look back again at that period and that that two thousand nine period when I bought my first omnibus. Um, if they had. You know, the Ultimates by Mark Millar, which, again, for years has haunted me that I didn't buy it. And then eventually they came out in the Ultimate Collections where they had, you know, the complete of the first run and then the second run. So I ended up not buying it. And then now we have, like, an Ultimates uh, omnibus coming out. And I'm like, I, I can't. I already have the Ultimate Collections now. I don't need the big omnibus anymore. Although I do think it's on the short list for me of things where I own it in another format, own it in a bulkier collected format, but it makes me seriously reconsider things. But the price has just never been that low for me to really want to jump in. Another one is actually an astonishing X-Men by Joss Whedon that I loved and I had it all in singles and I was like, oh, I don't need the omnibus and then it was gone and then I bought the Ultimate Collections and I love those and they're, again, it's nice to have, you know, two collections covering everything but now I'm like, oh, they're finally bringing back the omnibus. Do I need this? And I'm like, I don't, I, part of me really wrestles with that because it's such a great phenomenal run. Um, going back I, I remember I bought the Thor by J. Michael Straczynski on the bus, uh, which is a short one, 520 pages, which is incredibly hard to find. And uh, part of me like doesn't care about it anymore, which is a weird thing to say. But like some of these things, you buy them, and it's it was a run I really enjoyed at the time. But I feel like, especially now, it feels like it matters so little. And this is kind of goes back to my concern about buying an ongoing of some kind. At least this one was buttressed by the fact that it was by one creator. So you're getting that, that creator's entire vision for that that particular character so there's something special about that but because it never really felt like it had a finality to it because of the way jms left it also felt like it it didn't feel as complete there's something weird about it um i had squadron supreme like the uh the maxi series in a trade paperback so i never bought the squadron supreme by mark grunwald on the bus because i already had already had most of it and i just didn't feel the need for duplication although that is definitely one i have uh, reconsidered in my mind over time um one of the, and i'm trying to remember the chronology because some of these i did end up buying later or somehow getting later like amazing spider-man volume one i eventually did buy i regretted a little bit only because um it was a kind of a shelf copy and you could tell that it had been in it has some sun damage um on the lettering on the spine but at the time i bought it i didn't really realize that or know it and uh, i think probably because of how it had been put i don't think um i think maybe the pages expanded a little bit more than they would have normally but i mean it's still a great volume and i don't really care i, mean, I don't plan on selling it but that's an interesting one too because i have the first three volumes of amazing spider-man in omnibus format and i didn't buy on volume four because i'm like i, I can't do it i already i'm gonna get the epic collections for this Uncanny X-Men is an interesting one because I haven't bought the the Epic Collections for that, partially because I already had the Omnibus, and I didn't feel the need. Whereas Spider-Man, I felt like I needed to have everything Spider-Man. Like, I want to be able to have, you know, all eight, nine hundred issues or like whatever they're up to now, like 840 or whatever. I wanted to have all issues of Amazing Spider-Man in collected format if possible. And when the Epic Collections are done, I'll be able to basically have almost that. There's only the post-clone saga, pre-next chapter kind of material that I don't have, but the rest I have. 
Um, although, incidentally, I should mention, I've mentioned this, I think, on the show before, that I was always upset that I didn't, I think I may have mentioned this in the last episode, uh, that I didn't have uh, the um, JMS ASM Amazing Spider-Man Volume 5. And then when I was going away on vacation about a month ago, uh, there was uh, someone on Facebook uh, through the Epic Collection group, I think someone said, oh, I got this volume, and someone grabbed it. And I was like, oh, man, that's too bad. I really wanted that. And this guy's like, well, there's this auction for it. So he put, puts the link publicly on Facebook and I go and I, uh, I, I put in a bid and I expect completely that I'm going to be outbid it's like 10 bucks or something and then a couple of days later I see another one and uh, it's also got a low bid but someone's already bid on it so I bid on it I think it was like 12 or 13 bucks this is all US and then um, the first guy puts up another volume of this like another copy of the same volume I'm so excited I'm like alright I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win one of these um, and I put in my $10 bid and then, uh, again, I'm about to go away on vacation, so on the sa- I'm going away on the Sunday. On the Sunday morning, I'm flying to Miami, and then I'm getting on a boat. So on Saturday morning, I win the first auction. I'm like, yes! Or maybe it's like Friday night. I'm like, yes, I won it. I'm going to get it. I had a friend, uh, AJ, shout out to AJ, if he eventually gets to this episode, uh, who is willing to be the one to receive it because uh, the, the seller did not want to ship to Canada. I'm like, that's fine. So I have it shipped to my buddy's place. Great. I eventually, I'll have him ship it to me. I'll meet him up at some point, but at least... Uh, that copy will exist and it will eventually be in my hands. Very exciting. And, and I got it for exactly what I bid, which is insane. I'm like, how, I've wanted this for years. It's impossible to find. How did I get this volume? Amazing Spider-Man by JMS Volume 5. Okay. Now we fast forward the next day. It's Saturday night. I win another one. I'm like, uh, or I think it was Saturday night. And I'm like, oh, I won two. What about the third one? Um, so then I'm sitting there being like, am I actually going to win this third one? So I'm on the boat. We're about to leave port. The auction's about to end. It's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. And I won the third fucking volume. And so I, I bought volume five, this you know impossible to find volume. And I bought it three times, um, which is insane. So now somewhere in Alabama right now, there sits three copies of the Amazing Spider-Man Ultimate Collection volume five just waiting for me. And uh, very excited about that. Anyways, that's a complete 180 from what we're talking about here. So I think... I think besides the JMS, and again, I'm not sure when I actually bought the JMS Thor Omnibus. Uh, I think one of the next major Omnibus purchases I've made, and it's interesting to me, I have more than I realized, not a lot compared to most people uh, who buy Omnibuses, but I think the next one I bought was the Axe of Vengeance. And so, again, it was it kind of fits into that early mentality that I had, is that I wanted to have an event. I wanted to have some all the pieces of an event put together. And that was the idea here is that I got Acts of Vengeance. And then that came out February 2011. And actually, according to Wikipedia, on the same day, you also have Atlantis Attacks. And you better believe I bought that too. And I liked Acts of Vengeance, and I remembered it reading pieces of it when I was a kid or coming across issues, and it's always been very exciting. Um, but I really didn't know much about Atlantis, Atlantis Attacks. I don't even remember if I... Re- I'm pretty sure I read it. It's one of those things where like, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I, again, I wasn't sure if I'd actually done it. And then after that, I got the... I think it was a month or two later, and I'm pretty sure I got it. When most of these, I know I probably got to my release date. I got the uh, Thor by Walter Simonson. And I'm like, hell Yes. You know, I, I had for years kept going back and forth on whether I was going to get the visionary collections. So this was like a absolute yes, got to purchase this, got to have the entire collection, all of the Thor by Walter Simonson issues. Bar none, that was an easy purchase. But like a month later, you have X Men by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee, and I passed. And I look back on it, I'm like, why? Because <laughs> in and around this period, and they're not on this list because. Of they're not technically omnibuses, but I remember getting the oversized X Men hardcovers, and they had one for Mutant Massacre, Extinction Agenda, uh, Phalanx Covenant, Fatal Attractions, uh, Inferno, Inferno crossovers, and so. For, but for some reason, 
I did not buy X Men with Chris Claremont and Jim Lee, and I have no idea why. Um, and it's actually, I think, going to be reprinted sometime in 2020. And that's one where I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm like, do I need this? Um, and because, but I, I'm not sure because now that we, we know that we're getting an X Men Volume Four uh, on the bus soon, and we're not sure exactly how far that's going to go. It makes me a lot more curious because it's like, well, again, I'm not buying the Epic Collections of X Men, so. Like, what was my plan here? What was my plan to never get the Chris Claremont and Jim Lee X-Men? Was it to get it in softcover? But then I was already getting all these other hardcovers. Like, I don't know what my thinking was. And so I wish I could go back and talk to myself and be like, what's up, man? What's up with this? Um, and so, again, not long after the Axe of Vengeance, uh, which came out in February 2011, about six months later, you get the Axe of Vengeance crossovers, which is uh, all the crossovers that happened during the Axe of Vengeance uh, storyline. And I, again, I was a huge fan. And then again, like the same month, we had the Amazing Spider-Man by David Michelinie and Tom McFarlane, which, again, at the time, wasn't sure that stuff was ever really going to be reprinted elsewhere. Now I'm kind of like, I don't need this anymore. Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to sell it, but I also feel like it's not something I require. And now that eventually I'm going to have, well, actually, not even eventually, I have this run in omnibus, sorry, in epic collection format. I think we're missing what, one of them, or maybe we are. Maybe we do them all. So I don't even think this is something that's required. Um, the Evolutionary War came out September 2011. Absolutely needed that because it was an event. Not a great event, but it was an event, and I was a big fan of getting events. Um, I'm not sure the timeline, but I also got the Fantastic Four by John Byrne omnibus around this time, volumes one and two. One that I, I definitely did not get at originally and I wasn't until many years later that I finally got it and I don't know if it was reprinted or what happened or if I finally was able to get a good price or I think I was watching it for a long time but it's having age of uh, the age of apocalypse in uh, omnibus format that one was a tough one for me because I had I'm trying to think I never had the original Legion Quest like gold cover trade paperback from like what the mid 90s um, I never had that so, but I, I had bought the complete Age of Apocalypse Epic Collections, love those, but there was a lot of printing issues with those, and they weren't great in, in some of the kind of development or production um, sides. And then I think I got the Prelude, and the Prelude was not in glossy paper, but it was in matte, like traditional newsprint, and you lost a lot uh, of the images. Uh, it just didn't look as good. And then getting X-Men Age of Apocalypse, you got all that the way it was meant to be seen. You got Legion Quest in, in kind of a beautiful... Um, omnibus format in nice glossy paper so eventually i would buy that but it took me a long time to be able to reconcile the fact that i already owned it in this trade paperback collection i did not need to own it in omnibus um a much easier one for me i think years later when when onslaught came out in omnibus i think that was an easier one for me to say no i'm, I'm this this is me um because on, onslaught was probably more important to me as a comic book reader as a buyer um, because I wasn't, I bought a couple of the Age of Apocalypse issues when they first came out. I remember buying Weapon X 2, I had, I think, Factor X 3, um, Astonishing X Men 1 and 4, Amazing X Men 1 and 4, I think, as well. I'm trying to remember. No, not 1 and 4. It might have been, might have been just 1. Um, and X-Men, I think, 3 and 4. Like, I had a smattering here and there, but I, I wasn't really going to comic book stores. A lot of these are on newsstand. Um, but it wasn't until Onslaught, which was, I guess, just a year later, that I was really, like, I started reading uh, Uncanny X-Men 333, and 334 was, well, 335 was phase one of Onslaught. So, basically, I started reading two months before Onslaught really hit. So, that's why, for me, it was always kind of, the minute it was an omnibus format, I was like, well, hell yeah, I gotta get that. There was not even a question. It was just a yes you need this um when amazing spider-man volume 2 came out in april 2012 
I, you know, I already bought volume one, so I was like, well, again, the the epic collections didn't exist yet, so it was kind of like, well, I'll, if they're going to keep going, and I think this is the outlier for me of being kind of one of those ongoing series that I kind of decided to buy. Again, at least with the Thor by Walter Simonson or the John Byrne uh, FF, that was very clearly that creator their vision and it wasn't it was less about buying a fantastic four volume and more i was buying the ff by john byrne um april 2012 was also when i bought the untold tales of spider-man omnibus i love that book uh one of my favorite omnibuses um just a beautiful book and something i'm just so glad to have uh and then i think near the end of my I'm going to collect uh, events when they come out and probably the last one they really put together besides the onslaught one um was um one of the the most reviled storylines of all time, which was Avengers: The Crossing, May 2012, and you better believe I bought that. Um, <laughs> I bought that. Uh, you know, I pre-ordered that sucker. Um, I is not good, um, but I I still liked it. I don't know why. I I think I had some of those issues way back in the day. Um, I definitely had time, um, Avengers Time Slide and Avengers The Crossing. I probably maybe picked them up a year or two after they happened, but uh, I, it took me many years before I'd actually read like the entire event. It actually, probably wasn't until that omnibus that I read it all, but uh, it was it was something for sure. Um, books that I struggled on when they first came out, and some of them I'm happy I didn't, was like the new Avengers. I didn't really feel the need for that. Eventually, I got Secret Warriors. That was really important to me. I love that book, so that was like a, yeah, that, that was the right call. They did an Iron Man by David Michelinie and Bob Layton and John Romita Jr. And I didn't buy that, and I've kind of regretted it. Um, I was definitely like liking the old school Iron Man, but for some reason I kind of didn't decide to buy that. And now when I buy Epics, I have not gone back to Silver Age with Iron Man, but I've always kind of thought that if they start with like around 115, basically that's my Bronze Age Iron Man. That might be my start point for reading Iron Man uh, in Epic Collections. Um, another one I always kind of regretted not getting was New Warriors uh, with the first 26 issues of it um, but the, it was just kind of fell off my radar and never ended up picking it up um, yeah I don't know how far how much further I'm going to go because this is like you know much more into my buying omnibuses uh, at this point so but again there was a lot of decisions that I had to make I didn't get the Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman because I bought all the uh, the smaller trades that were happening so I didn't feel the need to kind of go back and, and get them all again uh, or I, something about buying something I already owned did bug me um, the FF by Wade and Waringo I have to, you know, had options to upgrade to the complete collections, which I always thought were kind of a ripoff because they were a little too skinny for complete collections, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it was also an omnibus format, and I struggle with that one. Like, I, it's, on my, it's always on my Amazon cart. Just looking at it, it's like 88 bucks you, you, uh, Canadian, and I'm like, oh, I really want that. But again, I have all these trades, and I feel like, you know, what's the point? Uh, Uncanny X Force by Brooke Remender is one of those books where again, I had all this, I had singles for a long time, and then I stopped buying the singles. I can't remember why, and I think. I wasn't sure if I was going to buy an autobus or if I was going to go with the trades and was ended up with the ultimate collections or the complete collections, whatever they're called. Um, and then I remember I got Spider-Man with Roger Stern and that was kind of a hard one too, because, you know, again, I felt like I didn't need that material, but it was Roger Stern and, you know, were they ever going to publish all his work? And the fact that it has, you know, the what 18 or 19 issues of Spectacular Spider-Man has always made that an easier one to be happy with having on the shelf, even though I have Epic Collections, because that's stuff that up until now has never been collected. Um, a, a big one that I always kind of went back on for years was Annihilation. I still don't own it in Omnibus, and it bugs me, because I have the old three hardcover set that they put out, and then I have, you know, Annihilation Conquest, where all the realms, all the rest, but I'm just missing that first one. 
And eventually I bought like the second printing of Alias and those, that type of stuff. But um, it's interesting what we decide to do and what just we decide to forego and eventually get. And, you know, I, I don't really buy omnibuses anymore. I don't seek them out. I struggle with um, uh, storage is a big one. And I think a lot of people can kind of uh, empathize with that. I've kind of run out of room and having to figure out what do I really need to buy and what do, really needs to be on that shelf. And again, like, you know, I would love to have that astonishing X-Men, but maybe I don't need it. Uh, cause I have it in another format that is just as probably more conducive to regular reading. Uh, the clone saga, when that came out, I definitely liked the, uh, the order more than the epic collections. But again, it just felt like so much more to have to purchase when I've already, sp- I already bought like 11 volumes of, uh, that it just felt unnecessary to kind of do it again. Um, a one that came out uh, early, I guess, uh, technically today or, or around, or maybe a couple weeks ago was X-Men for Apocalypse of the 12. And it's like, they have these big X-Men hardcovers and they have, some of them are branded omnibuses, some of them aren't. And, uh, that one was kind of harder for me to kind of struggle with because part of me, it's not a great period of X-Men, but it was also my X-Men, if that makes any sense. Like it wasn't great, but again, I started buying X-Men, in like what 90 I'm trying to remember what your onslaught was I guess it was 96 so if I was buying X-Men in 96 and this is 99 like late 99 like this is my first three years of really being a comic book fan these are issues I remember these are covers I really remember uh, vividly because I didn't have a lot of comics I didn't have hundreds of comics or thousands of comics I had a very small kind of relatively speaking stack I had a few you know um, uh, tomato boxes full of comics and so you know there's something to being able to kind of uh, keep those books in a, in a, in a format that'll be easier to read them than just taking out the singles. And uh, but I also feel like it's not good stuff. And again, I already own it. And I, that, that struggle that I go through always. Uh, there was the Iron Man, the Mask, and the Iron Man, and I'm one I really struggled with because um, I have the Kirbyzik on of us, so I feel like you know this buttresses nicely against it. But then, do I need it? Um, do I need this material again? Because I have a lot of this material in the Iron Man with Quesada trade paperback, and I don't really maybe feel the need to duplicate. And are they going to keep going past this or not? And I think I think we saw a listing coming up that they are going to be doing an Iron Man uh, by Mike Grell, but it was was it Complete Collections or something else? Now I can't remember. Um, but when you have all the stuff, like it's hard to make that kind of decision. And at what point do you kind of, you know? say no that's my cutoff it's it's not easy uh there's a spider-man by john byrne collection and that one's just like that's a it's a nightmare to look at because you know you've you've got some you know classic kind of material but a lot of it's more modern stuff that's not good um i mean the marvel team-up stuff is more fun but then and you get a couple of issues of amazing spider-man but then you also have the chapter one and you have you know the the 99 series which was not very good so I, I, I try to think when was the last time I actually bought one. I, I thought about the Heroes Reborn book, but I decided not again not to buy that because I had a lot of stuff I didn't really feel the need to have again. Uh, there was a Heroes Return one that, again, I feel didn't feel the need that, to have once more. And again, I may sometimes not regret, but you know, think that I did the right thing not buying Amazing Spider-Man Volume 4 on the bus. But again, I'm going to eventually own it all in in softcover, so maybe you know there is no point. So I'm trying to remember which was the last on the bus I actually purchased and it's actually really hard for me to to figure it out um 
I think it's 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 actually maybe been a, a, a very long time. Um, just as I'm vamping here, I'm just looking up on my uh, Amazon search history to kind of see what was the last omnibus sort of omnibus I bought, and it was you know coming up on two years in in June, and that's when I bought the Weapon X: The Return Omnibus, and that was uh, a book I loved. Uh, well, it had issues of Wolverine that I loved, and then uh, Weapon X was a great book as well, and I felt like. And this is for me maybe what my criteria is with with omnibuses is that it felt like something that would probably not get reprinted otherwise or it might take a long time. Uh, you probably wouldn't get you know a bunch of complete collections for Weapon X like that just felt and especially including the uh, Wolverine issues like it felt like that was uh, a, the one time you were going to get that. Uh, the War of Kings and Realm of Kings and all that kind of stuff also felt like it brought together a lot of disparate material in one big package. You probably weren't going to get that in many other places. Um, one I didn't need to buy, but it was just too good a price. It was like 60 bucks or something. It was Dr. Strange, John Lombus, Volume 1, uh, with all the Steve Ditko stuff. So again, I could have bought that in Epics or Masterworks or Omnibus. So that one had a lot of options. Uh, at the time, I was having a conversation with John Rhett Thomas or Gormu, and it just felt like, well, no, this is the moment. Um, but yeah, so like, when I actually look back, like I haven't bought a lot of Omnibuses in the last little while. The last big spurt of them, I guess, was probably 2013. Uh, 2014, I bought the Alias reprinting that I mentioned. 2015, I bought uh, the Uncanny X-Men Volume 3. Uh, 2016, I bought the uh, Onslaught because I had to. could not do it. Um, I bought the Amazing Spider-Man Volume 3 in the same year, as well as the new printing of Age of Apocalypse at the time. Because, again, I was like, well, what am I not? Why don't I have this? Uh, 2017, I bought three omnibuses in one day. That was the, all the War of Kings ones. Because uh, I was like, you know, it's finally time to buy these. Uh, as well as earlier in the year, I bought the Doctor Strange omnibus. And then 2018, I bought one. I bought, you know, Weapon X to Return, and that was it. And that's the last one. I uh, technically bought, I guess, digitally the Conan Omnibus Volume 1, Birth of the Legend, because um, that was a great price at the time. But, um, yeah, that was kind of it for me buying omnibuses. It started with me wanting events. And then I kind of bought all the Marvel events um, that were in omnibus format that I cared about or needed. And that was it. And uh, I kind of cut myself off. And, again, I don't really have room for it anymore. Um, and I... It's you know it's hard because there's a lot of cool omnibuses out there, but sometimes I look at some of the ones on my shelf. I'm like, I don't, I don't read these. You know, do I need to have these? You know, who who are these for? Is it for me? Is it for my son to eventually read? I mean, I got thousands of comics I don't think he's ever going to read, but um, sometimes I wonder. You know, and but it's nice to have something about having something be complete. Um, is, is, is important. So I think that's why I have some of those collections still. Anyways, thanks for this uh, walk through memory lane. I hope it hasn't been too boring. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Uh, you can rate and review the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Hopefully with a Sonic uh, movie review, but it might be something else. Bye bye. <laughs>